Hello, I'm Simon. And I'm Dan. And this is The Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article each week and we talk about what we find. Dan, what are we talking about this week? This week, Simon, we're talking about Muhammad the Conqueror. Oh! Well, technically, I guess if I'm, do- if I'm, if I'm going to do the... Because it's not Muhammad in um, Turkish. So I think it's, it's, it's written Mehmed. Oh, M-E-H-M-E-D, uh, M-E-D. Um, but he was commonly known as uh, Muhammad al-Fatih the Conqueror. Right, okay, so lay this on me. This this sounds... We've not talked about anything like this before. Mm, yeah, no, it's cool. Uh, so, he was an Ottoman sultan who first ruled for a short time from August uh, 1444 to September 1446 and later from February. Um, at the age of 21, he conquered Constantinople and oh. brought an end to the East, Eastern Roman Empire. Um, he continued his conquest in uh, Anatolia with reunification and in Southeast Europe as far west as Bos- as Bosnia. So he, hang on, he conquered Constantinople in 1453, is that right? When he was 21, and he was born on the f- in 1432. So yeah. Ah, I've actually heard about this dude then. This is Mehmed yeah. II. He's, he is very, very cool. I've been reading through him. Uh, portrait of Sultan Mehmed II, 1448. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, he's... Wait, do you realise this is the, like, last week it kind of, no, two weeks ago it kind of happened. This is the first time we've had a Wikipedia article that one of us has definitely been on before. The, re- the, the, the reason that I, I recognised it as soon as, but I didn't even read anything, I looked at the picture. Um, he's got, he, uh, there's a portrait of him in the National Portrait Gallery, and I've been to the National Portrait Gallery quite recently. Oh my God. Um, and I've the, seen this portrait. This is the closest we've ever come to an, like, I, I was waiting for the day this happened, because statistically, it like it's very unlikely that we were ever mm. going to get an article that one of us had read before, but I have definitely read this one, and you've actually, like, seen something in this article in the flesh. It mm. finally happened! It only took us like 28 episodes so i'm going to briefly read you the uh the two short paragraphs of his legacy okay go on it's pretty cool so after the conquest of constantinople um muhammad founded many mosques and religious schools in the city such as the uh kulia of the faith mosque um of the fatih mosque um uh, Muhammad II is recognised as the first sultan to codify criminal and constitutional law long before uh suleiman the magnificent he thus established the classical image of the autocratic Ottoman Sultan. His 31-year rule and numerous wars expanded the Ottoman Empire to, inc- to include Constantinople, the Turkish kingdom- kingdoms and the territories of Asia Minor, Bosnia, the kingdoms of Serbia and Albania. Uh, he left behind an imposing reputation in both the Islamic and Christian worlds. According to historian uh, Franz Barbinger, uh, Muhammad was regarded as a bloodthirsty tyrant in the Christian world and by part of his subjects. Apparently he could speak like six different languages too i mean he's one of these figures that i mean like i'm pretty sure in some civ games he is the ruler of the ottoman empire yeah and like for anybody to reach like that level like to be the ruler of an entire civilization like it takes clout and i'm i could totally believe that he spoke a ridiculous number of languages and he was outrageously competent because you know he he completely changed history well i say he completely changed history like constantinople was definitely like the eastern roman empire declined for a long time and he was Mm. like the thing that finished it off Um, he was reputed to be fluent in turkish serbian arabic persian greek and latin well that's something that was often said about cleopatra as well wasn't it that's something that gets for like i don't know maybe some people here have heard of mehmed and they thought that he was bloodthirsty but actually he was like a very learned person same thing for cleopatra like you know 
Most people he's also, that. and as a, as a kind of a leg in from a musical perspective, he's the eponymous subject of Rossini's 1820 opera, um, Malmetto Two. Oh, okay. So Malmetto is like the Italian way of saying Mehmed. I, I, yeah. Oh, that's, that's really cool. So He's right. just a very interesting guy. There's also a whole section on his, um, under family life, uh, it, it lists his five wives, his four children, and then there's an entire paragraph on wider sexuality. Oh, oh okay. So before we delve into that, because I, I do want to hear about that. Um, mm. So for the readers at home, this was the ruler of the Ottoman Empire, which was in kind of modern day Turkey and mm. Middle East, right? Um, and he was the p- person who conquered the last remnants of the of the Roman Empire. Yes. Like in the Eastern Roman Empire. And then after that, he basically was like really influential. Is that a, is mm. that a fair assessment of this article? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so now, I, now let's talk about what people he wanted to bone. What was his sexuality? Yeah. So, um, finding that section again. His wick, I mean, he's got a sizable... Uh, page on wikipedia is this the longest article we've ever had it's pretty hefty according to the contemporary byzantine chronicler uh oh my god that's a name and a half go on i want to hear it launikos chalkonondilis perfect um uh muhammad took radu chel frumos prince of wallachia as a lover as a direct result of this amorous affair um radu subsequently received the nickname uh kelfrumos the, the beautiful, and after the defeat of Vlad the Impaler, um, Muhammad placed his brother on the throne of Wallachia uh, as a vassal ruler in 1465, demonstrating the closeness between the two. Uh, he writes that because he liked the boy, um, Muhammad invited him to parties and raised the cup with lust, asking him into his bedchamber, and the boy was taken by surprise to see the emperor rushing on him for such a thing and stood against it and did not concede to the emperor's craving. Wow. 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 Jeez. What a fucking interesting kind of weird guy. You do also realise that Vlad the Impaler was Dracula, right? Yes, yeah. So, like, this this dude is, like, all over history. Mm. Oh, this is so cool! We've actually had an article that we really want to talk about. And like, also, his portrait, the, and the one that's in the gallery that I've seen, is fantastic, as, as I've seen it in the flesh, but also you can't quite appreciate the level of detail in the um, in the image on Wikipedia. It's ridiculous. Mm. He's a very... Also, his... T- so... Um, and you know, you, you know, you get the like the profile box in the top right corner of the page. Yeah, with this kind of like uh, with different stylings of him. So it's um, uh, Mehmed the Conqueror, Sultan of the Ottoman Empire, uh, Kaiser Irum, the Lord of the Two Lands and the Two Seas. Ah, oh, Mother of Dragons, Ooh. yeah, King of the yeah. First Men. <laughs> I'm broken. <laughs> Wow. It's funny. So before we recorded the podcast, Dan and I were talking about how, like, you know, we don't have a huge amount to talk about this week because not very much has happened to us. It actually then turned out that we do actually have a fair bit to talk about. But all of a sudden, of all the thing, of all the corners that was going to come to the rescue for this this episode, it's actually the, the, the Wikipedia corner. Mm. Uh, who would have thought it, frankly? It's a very, yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's an interesting guy. No question. Okay, so of the other sections, like I feel like we've got an overview and we've looked at one thing that's interesting is sexuality, which I had no mm. idea about. Anything else that really stands out to you? He died quite young. Oh, really? He was 49. What did he die of? Well, it says, so um, on planning his next voyage, he was planning to overthrow the Mamluk Sultanate of Egypt and capture Egypt and claim the Caliphate. Um 
But after some days, he died on 3rd of May, 1481, at the age of 49, and was buried in his, oh my God, Turb, in the cemetery within the Fatir Mosque complex. Um, there is substantial there is substantial circumstantial evidence that Mehmed was poisoned, possibly at the behest of his eldest son and successor. Oh, shit. Yeah, so, fuck. This is a bit dark, isn't it? Yeah. The news of his death caused great rejo- rejoicing in Europe. Church bells were rung and celebrations held. The news was proclaimed in Venice, thus, La grande aquia e morta. The great eagle is dead. Fucking hell. Bloody hell. This is really cool. This is super, super cool. <laughs> now, this is where the rules of the podcast for, for, forbid me from actually looking at the article itself, and I really want to read it. Um, mm. So he was the seventh Ottoman sultan, or emperor. Yes, there is a difference between sultan and... Because sultan... Is sultan a theocratic title as well? Like, emperor is purely bureaucratic. I believe so. He just did a lot of stuff. Oh, listen, I've just scrolled past a portrait of Vlad uh, the Impaler. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually, so was... if I seem a little bit distant, it's because I'm currently reading um, Vlad the Impaler's Wikipedia article and the section yeah. Reputation for Cruelty, which has got a particularly um, gruesome picture on it of a, a, a woodcut from the time of um, Vlad dining amongst the impaled corpses of his victims. Mm. Uh, and, yeah. Wow. And uh, when... Oh, this is actually interesting. There's a thing here about when um, Mehmed sent ambassadors to uh, Vlad... Uh, I think basically to order him to pay respect to mm. Mehmed. Uh, and there's a quote here from the Historia Panonica by Antonio Bonfini. Uh, Turkish messengers came to Vlad to pay respects, but refused to take off their turbans according to their ancient custom, whereupon he strengthened their custom by nailing their turbans to their heads with three spikes so they could not take them off. Jesus! There's a quote here from uh, from Vlad himself. Yeah. Um, Vlad the lad. So- yeah, saying, I have killed peasants, men and women, old and young, who have lived in Oblokutsia and Novoselo, uh, where the, uh, the Danube flows into the sea, up to the Rahova, which is located near Chile. Basically, it ends it by saying, kind of, we killed 23,884 Turks without counting those whom we burned in homes or the Turks whose heads were cut by our soldiers. Thus, your highness, you must know that I have broken peace with him, him being Mohammed. Jesus. Well, last week we were talking about nuclear nightmares, and this time we're talking about like the most one of the most bloodthirsty people in history. Oh my god! This is very, very cool. I mean, that's one way of, of talking about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel removed enough that I can just kind of like look down and be like, "Yeah, this is awesome." I mean, it 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 is awesome, I guess, but like this is really horrifying. Mm. Like possibly because I'm looking at this picture of of Vlad the Impaler being surrounded by impaled people. Um, Bloody hell! There's an. I hang on. Is there something that's here? There's a. There was a an eyewitness account uh, that described Vlad as a demented psychopath, a sadist, a gruesome murderer, and a masochist worse than Caligula and Nero. Oh my god! Just read another thing. So, also under this wider sexuality, mm-hmm. it said um, he also sent a eunuch to the house of notaras demanding that he supply his 14 year old son for the sultan's pleasure when he refused the sultan instantly ordered the decapitation of um, notaras together with that of his son and his son-in-law and their three heads were placed on the banqueting table before him oh like i mean there's it's one thing to be turned down but have you ever been turned down so hard that you murdered the person who turned you down and their family yeah and it's not being well he's not really being turned down he yeah, demanding that he supply his fourteen-year-old son. I think any father would be like, "No, no, <laughs> no fuck, fuck off." 
Oh my god, this is so dark. This episode went from naught to 100 so quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Much like the Discord, uh, the Wikicast Discord has been doing recently. We should probably talk about that. Oh, and then to round it off in a weird, the weirdest of just kind of like contemporary circles, Dominic Cooper, you know, the actor who's in um, Mamma Mia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he plays Mohammed in Dracula Untold. Oh, oh so the, the the, film... is that the most recent one? The one with Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah. No, not Daniel Radcliffe. The one with... Um... Gary Shaw directed it. Um, who, is it um, the guy who played Charles Bard, Dance. The guy who played Bard the Bowman was uh, Dracula, wasn't he? Yeah, Luke Evans. Yes. Yeah. John Schwartzman did the cinematography. I haven't seen Dracula Untold. When did it come out? Very recently. 2014. Oh my God, not that recently. But yeah, we've got Dominic Cooper playing um, our, our, our Bud Muhammad. Our Bud Muhammad. I mean, I feel like just by calling him that, you've instantly made yourself more likely to get decapitated. But, you know, yeah. on your own. He um, might struggle given that, you know, he's, <laughs> he's got a very nice tomb. Well, I'm not surprised. Like, if, you know, I mean, where, where is he buried? Is he buried in Constantinople? Sorry, I mean, um, Istanbul. Um, he is buried in the cemetery of the Fatih Mosque complex. And where's that? In the Fatih district of Istanbul, Turkey. Ah. I mean, that's cool. Like, to to take over one of the great cities of the world and then put your tomb there. Be like, yeah, this is why I'm here. Like, this is why all of you are here because of me. So build me a fuck off massive tomb. That's- They've built him a load. There's loads of stuff named after him. There's this massive bridge that's made after him. There's a whole quarter named after him. There's a mosque named after him. There's loads of different, like, uh, like um, schools of religious teachings that have have kind of tied their allegiance with him. I was about to say, isn't it weird how uh, you know they are commemorating somebody who was so bloodthirsty and like killed so many people? But then I remembered that we do that literally all the time, like. Think about mm. think about how we romanticized Churchill and the fact that he killed millions of people with famine in India and like mm. thought that anyone who wasn't white was sort of like subhuman. Like he has a Cambridge College named after him. Mm. Um, you know, like it's it, it's it's funny how people's memory, cultural memory, can be so selective. Oh yeah, but um yeah. So I mentioned um earlier uh about the Discord. Dan and I popped on the Discord, didn't we? We did. Oh my god, we did. What uh what a session that was. Well, it turned out that we didn't realise that. So uh, we've mentioned before that Dan's Forehead streams the episodes on Twitch every Saturday certainly does. lunchtime. And what what we didn't realise was that then people, there's a voice chat on the, on the Discord that people have been on literally all day. Like they were on it for like 12 hours uh, mm. and we popped on at the end of that. But it was just, I mean, how would you describe it, Dan? I, don't, I wasn't ready for the, just <laughs> the, the, sheer, the, the sheer cultural depth to try and plumb those those dark and kind of dank depths were yeah it was a challenge because certainly i mean i you were on a, a bit before me yeah i was, I was heading to bed an and i thought before. i got a notification on my phone that i hadn't seen saying uh dan's foreheads uh is, is, is streaming and i was like oh it might be it might be some more crocheting in which case I'm totally <laughs> down to, totally down to listening to that before i go to sleep um but it wasn't it was that with this massive chat and then i heard you were there and then i kind of just appeared in the chat for a bit and made a couple of comments and then people cottoned on to the fact i was there and then eventually um yeah joined and it was it was it was lovely actually there was definitely moments that i i it was you know they're so self-referential mm. um that that you and i clearly felt like, like almost kind of like outsiders the number of times so... when it like just like escalated and like yeah, everyone yeah. would have been on to, and into it and then there'd be like a pause and one of us would go what just happened what yeah. what was that <laughs> it was amazing though we had such I mean, it was nice to kind of um 
names that we we kind of uh, see or read out semi-regularly to actually have conversations with those people and um, and listen to why, how people first discover the podcast and why they listen to it and what it means to them and, and <laughs> yeah. then also giving opportunities for Simon and me to, to kind of explain why we do it. And it, yeah, it was really gratifying. What I thought was funny was when like the, the, the burning question that I had was like, why are you listening? Like, mm. I, 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 did you remember? Like, as, as I said, it's like the producers. It's like, where did we go right? Like, yeah. we picked the shittest content. You're two worst hosts you could imagine that get distracted all the time mm-hmm. and like way too long episodes. And yet somehow this has this has happened. There's this like f- following of the Wikicast. Yeah. And what I love was the fact that like people were like, yeah, but it doesn't matter that it isn't good. It's like you know we can like it despite the fact. And I was like, okay, don't don't dispute the fact that the episodes aren't like good. It's not a good podcast. It's like mm. you like it despite that, uh, which is you know touching, I guess, in its own way. No, it was a pleasure, an absolute pleasure. It was just something that was kind of discussed, and actually, I think people were getting a little bit emotional, which was which was quite nice. Um, mm. You know, like how cool it was to actually be part of an interactive fandom if you want to call it that like an interactive yeah. community where like i think it would be easy for us to sit on our ivory tower and just like look at the the small people down below uh mm. who, who, who enjoy listening to the podcast and send us memes and everything like that um but i don't know about you but i i think the best part about it is being an active part of that and talking to people uh and and you know trying to reduce that gap between creator and consumer mm. um, it's certainly what I like about things like the Oxcast is when you get that interaction on live streams and things like that. Um, yeah. So I think trying to do it in uh, other formats is I don't know. It's just it's just what I would want from a community, you know. Mm. It was yeah. It was a it was a truly kind of wonderful, albeit at times uh, slightly strange. <laughs> Mainly because I just think we weren't we weren't you know we hadn't experienced it before. But yeah, it's it's you know I totally agree with what, when you say that whole kind of like re- reducing this weird wall between someone who puts out content and someone who consumes it that's why you know the opportunities to have the agony uncle and the correspondence and to be able to kind of break that wall down and actually kind of reach out to those who are listening and and and, you know when we popped into the chat that was doing it to a whole new level because Mm. we were actually having a a conversation um voice to voice which i Um, think i think it makes for a much healthier online discourse because mm. you know a lot's been said about parasocial relationships between creators and consumers and like you know everything about this one particular this one particular person who in return doesn't know anything about you you know it's straight it's strange that that imbalance um you know it's i think it makes for a, a healthier discourse but it's only possible at this kind of level, really, like it, to have a meaningful conversation with what was ba- a pretty sizable fraction of our audience and the Discord um, is only possible when you are as small as we are. It's it's something that I think, in a way, you can become the victim of your own success. And by doing that, you create a great community and maybe people want to join more uh, and, it, and it becomes known as this dynamic thing. But then because it gets bigger, you kind of lose that element, you mm. know? And speaking of actually being able to kind of like reach out and break down the walls between um, c- c- uh, content creator and consumer. Uh, I had a fantastic night out and, uh, with um, Dan Hanvey. Oh, yes. Yeah, he came down to Exeter. Top lad. Yeah, he came, he, he came down and it was lovely because I, I had work. So he, he, he kind of messaged me and said, um, I'm thinking of getting in around this time. Uh, and I said, OK, well, I'm going to be I'm working until quite late and then I'm doing some music things on campus. So just head to the house. Ed should be in. Um, chill out there 
And as soon as I got home, it was, yeah, I got to see him and it was nice. And we went to a party, a 90s themed party. And I believe he put a photo of me in the Discord chat of my my 90s look, which was cream converse, matching double denim uh, <laughs> and a fairly garish t- It was amazing. Double denim. So were you wearing jeans and a denim jacket? Yeah. Oh, so I had I had um, my like cream high top converse with fairly garishly coloured socks and then my jeans quite rolled up. So there was a fair bit of ankle on display, but, but it was sock, obviously. <laughs> oh, you, and then a perfectly, you... <laughs> like, the, the match between the, the colour of the trousers and the, the denim jacket, which is was one of Ed's things, actually. I don't own a denim jacket. Um, and then, uh, yeah, a really quite uh, garishly coloured um, shirt. And then underneath that shirt, I had my Louis Theroux t-shirt oh no oh that really was 90s then that's nice we did a good job so we did that and then i think we went to dan had to dan had to go home because he was getting a fairly early train then back the next day and then we went to unit one well you got recognized didn't you the other day next to by a a reader yes am i right in saying that yeah it happened it's you'd be surprised how often it happens in in a club too there's been times where we kind of i'll be standing in standing in a kind of in a vague what 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 in clubbing terms is a queue, which really is just who can push forward to the bar the first, the yep. fastest. You haven't got boobs, um, so you're you're in that queue for a while. Mm, yeah, but I was sitting there, and someone will come up and tap me on the shoulder and go, "Do you are you are you Dan?" I'm like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Oh, I listen to the Wikicast." I was like, "Oh, okay." Thanks. So that's interesting. Nice Does that mean that they only know you from the Wikicast? So they just like hey, they they see you and they think that man looks like what Dan on the podcast sounds like. Well, there's well they must they must have seen me through like videos on your channel. But it's all. I think because you're not there, they mm. say Wikicast because because you know there has been, there were two instances which made me massively cringe. Um, this, <laughs> these both happened before Christmas, where people have come up, recognised me, and said, "Are you Dan from Dan and Simon?" And I was oh, like, oh, if oh, you I'm were sorry, there, you could smack the <laughs> smack the kid who said it. Um, <laughs> Should I just if I was there, I would just tear them out, not even yeah. say anything. <laughs> like, uh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> It's yeah, it's 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 crazy, and I've got I've, I think I've mentioned before. There's a, a colleague of mine who works um, in the Apple Store, who is the mother of someone who listens. Mother, who's someone who who's a the, who's friend sorry, sorry. listens can to we the just, podcast. Can we just appreciate the train wreck of that sentence? Do you want to do that? I mean, <laughs> to be fair, it's it's a really tenuous connection, which is why I was so surprised when she said it. But basically, um, somebody listens to the podcast. Yeah, right. Contrary to popular belief, we actually have a listener, <laughs> and that listener, uh, listener's housemate, housemate's right. mother. Right. is Your works in the Apple store. Okay, so you know somebody who's... who's yeah, what? see, don't take the piss out of me. You can't put them together either. So you know somebody who works with you whose child lives with somebody who listens to the podcast. There we go, exactly. Right, okay, it's simple. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it happens quite right. It's, it's been happening in Pret a bit as well. Um, Pret on campus, I'll be kind of standing in the line and people will be like, oh, I, I, I like the videos. I'm like, oh, I don't do them. But cheers. Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah, you're like, oh, no, thanks. I, re- I worked really hard on them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, what, at what point? Because I, I think about this sometimes. Like, I got recognised just yesterday. Actually, I went and got some cash out, um, but literally by my old school. Actually, and um, I do <laughs> brag about it. Uh, oh, brag about it. Um, and uh, he's got cash. Uh, well, I do now. I got it out, and a dude recognised me right by my old school, which, which, is, and he, he went there. So um, that was kind of weird. But I was thinking to myself, like, 
you know i still definitely don't think of myself as being famous like youtube online famous or whatever what mm. is the point at which you become online famous because like if you think about like objectively the criteria we've been recognized yeah um and it happens semi-regularly yeah but like is there like a frequency does it have to happen every day before you you think of yourself as famous or- i don't know where i don't know when that point is and to be honest i don't want to know when that point is because i yeah. think that's exactly what you know like we've when saying that we're trying to break down that very that kind of almost you know that you know big 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 youtubers and creators they're you know they're they're good but i think this definitely you can tell you can you can you can watch creators and then there's a, there is a sudden change in their content output and the way they talk about themselves or, the, or their kind of manner on camera where the, it just becomes quite egotistical. Definitely, yeah. And I can't stand that. I, I absolutely loathe it, you know. If I get to you, that point, slap me. I just, oh, I well. just don't want to be... I mean, you probably would anyway, regardless of what I do, but like just... Yeah, if you reach that point on now, I'll just be like, oh, just fa- yeah, <laughs> fancied it. Um, but yeah, there, there's certainly a point when you're. I just do get a bit like... There's some... Um, some creators that I follow like on Instagram and stuff and you can like chart their output through a year and when and when one of them happens to have like a fair bit of success it just suddenly becomes so forced yeah it's disingenuous isn't it oh yeah I just and I hate that I can't you know why you know what what I like about being able to kind of what I think we're really fortunate in having with our readership is that we both you know we don't take ourselves seriously. We don't take this podcast particularly seriously. We certainly do in t- kind of like <laughs> in its in its kind of you know production and and output. But in terms of the actual content, it's just having a chat and hopefully people enjoy that. And it's like yeah. that you're having a conversation with us in the room, and we're just we're just there to be someone to listen to and well, I talk think to. The, and... I think the moment when I decided I wanted to do the podcast was at VidCon when we were mm. in the bar. And do you remember uh, Dr. Shinny Samara? Um, mm. her and her partner were there and he was just cracking up at everything we did like he yeah. just thought that we were hilarious and we were we're not doing anything like we're just kind yeah. of here and um, uh, you know it was that moment of like Ashini uh, saying that that like for, her partner just found everything we did funny like he was just like yeah. just, the way you are is just funny with each other and I was like I don't know maybe we, we I, I remember looking at you and thinking we could make this work as a podcast yeah, definitely. I think we we knew from like within. Well, I certainly knew like from within, kind of weeks of actually knowing you in my first year, mm. that in terms of our kind of sense of humor and way of talking, there were like we were very similar. Yeah, we just kind of um, we, we matched with each other. Yeah, and that was that was kind of made all the more terrifyingly kind of like oh my god, we're kind of the same person when <laughs> you moved in. Yeah, and there'd just be things where like I'd come home after a, after. A, long musical day or you'd come home from a long day in the office and without really having to say anything we'd we, we were having a conversation in our own heads like we knew exactly kind of what yeah or if someone does something stu- like like the instances with this still absolutely cracks me up i don't know if you, you can probably hear it in my voice but um <laughs> when we do the st martin's um consort yeah, gigs. yeah. so for, the, for for readers who might not know over the summer um both in my kind of we did it a bit in first year, but then it really kind of kicked off in second year. Um, every every Monday evening um, for tour groups that would come through as part of a, the Devon Tours company, um, Michael Graham, the director of Chapel Music at Exeter University, would put on a small consort kind of gig in a really tiny, ancient um, church. Yeah, on Cathedral literally Green. a thousand years old. Yeah, and it's a, it was amazing. It was really nice, and it was music that we all knew. So it wasn't. <laughs> it was the same music every week, Dan. That's why we knew it. Yeah. 
Yeah, with the exception of when he couldn't make it and he'd tell me an hour before, oh, can you sort the music together? Can you get the, mu- the, the singers yeah. and can you conduct it? Because I can't. I'm like, and also okay. his frustratingly non-chronological, nonsensical order. Like, Well, he- this is why I mean, this is what used to crack me up because you can see in your videos that there'll be mo- a moment where he would have said something and without skipping a beat, both you and I will immediately <laughs> yeah, yeah. get in. There'll be a completely static quiet and our heads will just turn to each other quickly and then yeah. look back to camera with like a, oh, that was fucking bullshit, wasn't it, Michael? Well <laughs> it was the like, it was, you know, so glad to have you having great weather in Devon today. And it's like, it's not, pissing it wasn't it even like he was being funny. It was just pissing it down. He clearly said it like non-ironically. <laughs> just because he hadn't, just because he was like thinking about filler stuff to say. He yeah. said that, in fact, we had, okay, so the, the chapel choir did the, our last Holy Ground performance at Exeter Cathedral on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Sunday evening, and it was it was it was all right. We sang some nice music, and they said a big a big thank you, and it would be like that. That's the last time the chapel are going to be singing with us, and we thank them for their years of dedication. Thank you for your service. Um, yeah, um, and we were talking about we we were, we were kind of doing it slightly differently in terms of where we where we singing and sitting. So directly in front of the the golden gates as you enter the choir, um, there were some choir stalls out, and then in front of those stalls, um, you know, like the stalls that are in the song school. Yeah. So these ones that are kind of like, they're quite portable. Um, there are a load of seats in front of us, just kind of like wooden seats. And we were all a bit kind of like, well, that's, that's a bit weird. It doesn't sound as nice as where we normally sing from. And Michael said, no, no, it's great because, you know, we'll be able, you know, we'll be in a, a much tighter, a much kind of closer group. It'll be easier to hear the sound and we've got seats. So it's much comfier and then stopped. And I just looked at him being like, in my head, I was thinking everything you've just said is bull. <laughs> and Michael looked at me and was like, huh, shit, he knows everything I've just said is bull. Because because then he said yeah with the exception of that we're not going to be sitting on the seats we normally are which have cushions and heating underneath like michael what are you doing what are you doing i mean yeah like some of my favorite memories of like it's and it's actually really nice and that i have some of these in the vlog are when we'd Mm. come home and just we we both wanted to take out and like one of mm. us would suggest it, and the other one would be like, "Yeah, mm. I'll get on." Can that. you remember when we we got that take? We were what we'd been watching a, I think a, a bit of a hat film stream. Yeah, and then we were thinking about what we we're going to do for dinner, and then we were just like, "Should we just do? Should we just get fucking Chinese?" And you're like, "Yeah, all right." So we'd walk, we'd walk to the to the Chinese takeaway around the corner, come back, and that was the same night where I discovered the the um, disco vinyl. Of Star, of, the Star, of the Star Wars soundtrack, which was scored by John Williams. And we just, we put that on through the TV. Mm. And then I was by, down by the dimmer switch. And for about 12 minutes, we just danced around the living room like complete idiots. Yeah. I it mean, was, it's, uh, this is this is why the podcast works. is because we, 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 it wasn't even like we had to coordinate something like that. It just happened. Yeah. Um, mm. It's is you know, this is, this is why. And, and, you know, so if we were to sort of think of ourselves as online famous, we would change this. We'd view it as like, oh, we've got, well, I've got to be funny today. Not mm. just, I'm going to turn up and have a chat and hopefully yeah. something entertaining comes out of it. That's arguably like a less professional way of doing it. But the merit of the product, if you like, is who we are. And so, mm. yeah, if we move away from doing things the way we've, we've always done it, then it, it, it undermines the point of the whole podcast yeah um so you know i don't know i suppose like the whole thing about online fame and like asking the question is um people want to be online famous you know everybody kind of wants to be you know because it's like you want to be what you consume you want to be like a movie star or or like um you know well some people want to be like ed sheeran Um, i'm sure plenty of people don't um you know like people prefer other singers like Oli Mars. It's Oli Mars. 
Um, and, you know, like well people want to be online famous. And so I suppose the question is there in people's minds because they want to know at what point do you make it? Uh, you know, because obviously mm. like we certainly think of people like Aaron Hansen and Danny Sexbang from um, uh, Game, Grumps Game Grumps as being yeah. online famous. But like they probably, do you reckon they think of themselves as, as, as famous online? They must do. I think circumstance must dictate that feeling because, you know, like Rhett, another example, Rhett and Link have been friends since school right so when they're around each other it's them hanging out but then equally when they're delivering when they're just talking to each other in front of a you know multiple thousands of people at like vidcon or something mm. then i think that you might it, it, you can't get away from that whole like oh they think you know this is different this is you know like this isn't usual um yeah i mean because interestingly it's interesting that you said Rhett and link actually because i remember when when we met them like and i had a mm. chat with them backstage they they, I felt there was that distance. Not to say they were nasty people or anything like that, but you could just kind of tell that this was um, a, a professional interaction between a creator and their audience. It mm. wasn't so much a... Like, certainly when I meet people, it's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Like, I want to I learn about you. Who are you? Um, mm. You know, it, it, it wasn't just like a... It wasn't a one-way power relationship, if that makes sense. Yeah. At least well, in my mind. Like the first, the first time... We both well, actually, the first time I met Dan Hanvey because I met mm. I met him first because you didn't come on the bath tour. Um, we went up there and he came to one of the gigs afterwards. And Imogen came back, Dan, Dan's uh, Dan's sister, and said, "Oh, my brother's here. He really likes the podcast and watches Simon's videos. Do you want to come say hello?" Mm. And I was like, "Yeah, okay." And we kind of had a chat and we really got along. And then I said, "Oh, you should, you know, you should definitely come down to Exeter. It was really cool hanging out." And then he did, and we, you know, we we had kind of firehouse. And now it's just, you know we don't uh, when we when we're kind of around each other and are just talking and kind of you know hanging out um it has apps it's completely devoid of any thing to do with the podcast or your channel or it's just like two mates hanging out mm. which is the best part about it and but but it's i think it's also important to recognize that 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 has that's been conceived from from this whole creator consumer um, format, but yeah. there's nothing that, that there's nothing that then is inherently going to limit the the kind of the connections you can make with people after that, just because that's how they started listening. Yeah, you know, if anyone if anyone comes up to me and, and listens to the podcast and says hello, then I kind of acknowledge that and go, oh, that's really cool. Thanks. Well, I'm so glad you like it. Why do you like it? But then immediately after that, it's like, okay, well, as you say, what, who are you? What do you do? Let's let you know. Let's get to know each other. It's it's I don't know. It's it's one of these things that I am worried about losing because. Um, I mean, my channel's certainly been taking off a lot recently, and mm. it's you know gaining hundreds and hundreds of subscribers every day. Like since, uh, I mean, over the past two days, I've gained nearly a thousand subscribers. Like it's it's kind of, and I can just kind of almost feel like things are not getting away from me, but mm. I can almost feel like this is changing. You know, it's it not in the, the whole time I've been on YouTube so far with a few notable exceptions, everything's changed so gradually that you don't notice it. It just becomes your life. Yeah. And now it's like, now I can kind of almost see everything changing and the rules, like the, the, the league that I'm playing in changing. Um, mm. I can't help but worry about how, but what? Sorry. Oh, I thought I got away with it that time. No, I no can't... You, ne- you never will. You know me with this. Well, I never let that slide. I can't help but worry. Um, about uh, I, st- I wanted. I just want to let you know that in order to do that, I'd stuck my jaw out like a full inch from in the front of my face, like a, like me. an anglerfish. But like, 
worry. Um, worry. Uh, I, I can't help but worry about the way that I interact with my subscribers and you know like it's what's interesting is i actually have a i'm giving a talk tonight at bristol uni um hopefully i will have met some wikicast people there actually there's some people on the discord who um are saying they're going um and you know i just can't help but but feel like i don't know is this is the way that i can interact of course that can is purely dependent on me but the way that i can mm. interact with the audience is that going to change over time yeah um you know i don't know it's just i can't it's something that because it's important to me i mm. I'm thinking this like it's it's obviously very egotistical and like but when am I no, going to become I mean, famous kind of thing I don't think it I don't think it's egotistical I think it's really important to have that awareness um mm. it's it's yeah it's a complicated thing because obviously I think it is important with any kind of creator consumer environment that there is to there is at the end of the day a line then there needs to be a line drawn between that whole kind of and and the way and where that line is then moved or brought down is when you get to know someone external from this so like to you know uh, i there's definitely no there's definitely would have been no chance that i would have get to know dan as well as i do without actually seeing him and hanging out with him and us being able to kind of like talk without this kind of devoid of the lens of of your of your channel or the podcast um, so I don't think it's I don't think it's egotistical of you to be aware of the of the change. I think it's really important that you are aware of the change because you can then, you know, you can you can make changes and yeah. try and lead things in the direction that you want. I think I think possibly yeah, just letting it all snowball. Possibly it's fair to say that it's not egotistical to be aware of it. What can be egotistical is my response to it, which only yeah. time will tell yeah, exactly. uh, if I'm an arsehole or not. I hope I'm not. I don't think I'm an arsehole. Um, no, I mean, I don't know. I do get f***ed every now and again by by other people, but there we go. Um, I mean that figuratively, God, not literally. Um, no. If Pixel Girl is listening, she's definitely listening. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's sorry. We, what we've had is uh, we've had the most possibly the most interesting article we've ever had, mm. and now it's like let's just talk about us instead. Yeah, it's like yeah. <laughs> so. Speaking of like, yeah, we we both don't think of ourselves as egotistical. For about twenty minutes, we've been talking about like meta podcast <laughs> us, and yeah, wow. Well, that's what's happened this week. We we you know we popped in the Discord and we saw. The community, like our boots on the ground, it's almost like walking yeah. into Wakanda. As we definitely need to find know. another time where, even if it's just for kind of you know, twenty minutes, half an hour, yeah, to just kind of like to surprise them again, not let them know that we're coming along, but just both agree on a time to be like, right, are you ready? We're going to go in. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> Infinidaga returns. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, no, I'd like to do that. I mean, I, I mean, I'm very keen to start making more stuff. Actually, like um, we were talking about before, uh, before the episode, like doing more stuff on Spongy and Electric. Because as somebody's mm. pointed out, um, there, <laughs> there isn't very much on that channel at the moment, other than the Wikicast, because yeah. I haven't had a t- chance to edit. Um, but I have now actually started editing the Sponge, the um, Kerbal Space Program. Uh, thing that we did mm. and mm. yeah i think we're keen to do a, like a gaming series and maybe just do like a big old recording session and then split it over a couple of weeks and then yeah. do that every now and again so it doesn't matter if it doesn't get any views i just kind of want to do it because i think it'd be fun um mm. but yes so i don't know perhaps perhaps i'm in the mood to talk about the community stuff because we saw it up close and it's just kind of fired me up to to make more yeah. stuff i guess um yeah Next. Next. <laughs> so we're going to sprinkle board our way over. So we're going to, uh, to sprinkle uh, to... board? What the f is a sprinkle board? Sprinkle board, 
I swallowed kind of midway through spring, <laughs> um, and things things went south. Can we Pringle Let's board try again. instead? Is a Pringle board like a hyperbolic springboard? Yeah, we're going to Pringle board our way over to Critics Corner. Now, be careful um, when you do that because once you once you Pringle board, you can't stop. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't understand. God. That's a mathematical joke, by the way. Though, that, like, I like that a Pringle board is a hyperbolic springboard. I'm I'm quite a fan of that. Somebody Great. somebody made well that done, on everybody. the wiki. <laughs> Well done, readers, for for, for for putting up with that. Um, in terms of Critics Corner, now, Simon and I haven't really seen anything this week. It's been quite a busy week. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had certainly over... I, the reason why I've had such a kind of nice week this week is that I was I have Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday and Friday off work because I kind of went a bit mental working over the weekend. I had kind of four or five consecutive days. Um which is quite a lot. So I haven't had much time to watch anything. However, mm-hmm. in terms of, in the spirit of, of, of criticism and reviewing and and engaging with, with, with media, um, this rather exciting thing happening towards the end of this month. Uh, well, two rather exciting things. One, um, anyone in the Extra or Devon area on the 27th of Oh, he's plugging his March, bloody concerts, isn't he? There's a concert. <laughs> That X Universe Singers and uh, Harmonics, which is another one, which is a choir that actually Simon was I used in to be for a in, bit. Yeah, for two years. Yeah, um, we're we're putting on a combined kind of reflective thing. It's going to be in the Mary Harris Chapel on X University campus. It's going to be really nice. It's only going to go for about an hour, just a quiet little thing, and then we'll probably go to the pub afterwards. It should be quite nice. Um, but in as as a kind of lead on from there, also happening at the end of this month, and also musical, um, the Jesualdo Six, who I've mentioned before, who I think are absolutely bloody fantastic um they're releasing their debut um album mm. uh and it's a collection of english motets and i've read through the set list and it's it looks fantastic they've have they've been putting out a couple of little like taster tracks of what it's going to be on there um i've had the kind of privilege to hear them live when they came down to exeter to to put on a, a small performance and they are genuinely fantastic so if you like music and you like choral music specifically or you or you you've heard simon and i talk about it and you want to kind of maybe engage a little bit more and listen to something uh search the jezraldo six english motets album keep an eye on when it's released and when it's released released i urge you to listen to it um mm. it's absolutely fantastic i think i'm actually going to find the set list and tell you simon oh okay. i mean because i'm interested in this and, and like it's something that we get asked a fair bit actually like you know mm. um our Facebook messages or emails or whatever by people saying, you know, I want to get into the music that you do. How do I start? This does sound mm. like a, I mean, because it's obviously only one part of the spectrum. You know, um, English motets is something that we do a lot of, but you know, they can be sung by a small group like the Jezebel Six, or they can be sung by a huge choir. And there are different mm. motets that suit different. Well, a huge choir like X Universe singers and harmonics <laughs> who are going to join forces and sing Eric Whitaker's Sleep, and it's going to be awesome. Um, it's going to be super cool. I'm very excited because it means that I'll, I'll conduct it. Um, and Singers is a fairly sizable choir. Um, harmonics have got a fair few people as well. So when we combine forces, um, Harmonics recently sang with X University Chapel Choir uh, in Evensong, and they did an absolutely fantastic uh, rendition of Eric Whitaker's Luxa Rumque. So it's fitting that they then they can you know they can also come and sing Sleep with us if they want. And their their musical director seems really keen. So in conducting Sleep, are you going to be doing the classic Dan Moore? cleared for takeoff 
conducting oh, yeah. maneuver. Oh, for sure, for sure. I'll, what I'll do I, is I have... I'll include uh, I'll include a, cl- a brief clip of the moment that uh, because you do that at the sleep, like the the going to the going to like shifting a semitone in the soprano mm. part, right? Mm. Yeah, I'll include. That's what you're about to hear. And then what you have to imagine in whilst that is happening is Dan. How would you describe what you're doing as a conductor? S- so I kind of hold my, my, my elbows kind of go out and I'm, my hands are kind of like pointing to the sky as if I'm almost forming kind of rugby posts with my arms. <laughs> and then I pivot from the waist sideways as the, as the kind of the sopranos descend to, I think it's a C sharp. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's basically whenever you hear um, it happens in um, uh, early po- um, polyphony music all the time. Um, where you, you'll have a part that'll kind of sing sing a line and then have a semitone um, like cadence at the end of it. This is getting way too nerdy, but anyway, I, I kind of love it. And um, given that I've gone to the Michael Graham School of Dancing, I mean conducting, um, <laughs> he does have were, an A star in dance, don't you know? Yeah, he. Um, uh, yeah, it's just it's a super fun thing to do. So if anyone's free or fancy, you know, like coming along, we'll probably try and get some footage of it as well. I'd like to get some recordings. <laughs> oh, you mean um, of the concert, be- not just specifically your like cl- dipping no. your wings in <laughs> yeah. tribute. No, no, because um, it would be cool. I think you know, it'll be a good, it'll be a good thing for for har- harmonics to do, and then we can both kind of use each other to mm. um, to publicise and things. But anyway, um, this the uh, the English motets, Jesualdo Six, directed with by it. Owen Park. Um, the track list. Um, we've got Suchipe Quoso Domini by Talis. Nice. Um, Vigilate by Bird mm-hmm. Loque Banto by Talis <laughs> Banto Banto am I right uh, When David Heard oh. Thomas Tompkins uh, oh, awesome. oh no, I was thinking of the Whitaker. yes I, know, I don't know the Tompkins it's really cool uh, If You Love Me Thomas Thomas Talis If You Love Me uh, Liberanos uh, One by John Shepard oh, which we sang nice. yeah. at Compline not long ago um, Criste Quilux Eset Diaz by Robert White mm-hmm. O Lord in Thy Wrath Orlando Gibbons Afeni Sancte Spiritus Dunstable Heik Diaz by Morley uh, I haven't heard of this one Quemad Quemad Modem uh, by Tavner John Tavner Oh the first John Tavener. Yeah uh, 1490 to 1545 uh, Ave Maria Marta Dei by William Cornish Oh, I don't, I don't know a lot of these. Uh, Deliver Me From Mine Enemies by Robert Parsons, who's also, you, oh, you might have sung his... I love his Ave Maria. Ave Maria, yeah. Um, ne Iscaris Domine by Bird, um, uh, and then Civitas Sancti Tui and Liberanos 2 by John Shepard. So it, it's like, it's an early banger. Yeah. Um, a whole selection. It's going to be so really cool. Civit- so we're already... The Civitas Tui by, by Taverner, not Bird. By no, by Bird. Oh, okay. I was going to say, yeah. I thought it was by Bird. That's that's gorgeous. King Singers did yeah. a nice recording of that, so I'd love to hear the Jesuado version. Yeah, the, and you know, like they are. I genuinely think they're probably one of the best s- small ensembles around. They've they've got sickeningly talented um, singers. Um, but yeah, we're already trying to um, one of the bases in the chapel choir. We're trying to plan a chapel social where we'll have a boozy picnic in in the chapel one evening and bring a load of speakers. And because Ed's got two Yui booms, which you can hook up together and make a hell of a noise. Um, we'll have like a a live debut listening, but in the chapel. So um, it's actually funny you should mention that because that brings me on to what I wanted to talk about in Critics Corner, which is that as we discussed two, three weeks ago, um, we were talking about home smart speakers. And mm. we were talking about the, it's the Apple Hub, Home Hub? 
HomePod. HomePod, sorry. Um, and I was talking about the Google one. Um, and I actually did buy a Google Mini. Uh, I've had it installed in the office for a little while now. Mm-hmm. I've got to say, it's kind of overall observations about having a smart speaker. I use it a lot more than I thought I would. Like, I was fully expecting to buy it and then maybe use it a little bit and then kind of just forget I had it. Whereas yeah. I've actually found this to be... What I basically use it for is music, mostly. Um, I do mm-hmm. sometimes ask it questions if I'm in the middle of editing or something. Like, the one that really got me the other day was I was looking up how much I was being paid by Google. And obviously that amount mm. is in dollars. And all I had to do was just say, um, okay, Google... How much is $2,000 in British pounds? 2,000 United States dollars is approximately 1,433 British pounds and 72 pence. Like, just, just being mm. able to do that rather than having to type it was kind of cool. It's I, like, I'm not being paid two grand for something, by the way. I just That was, that was the figure I plucked out of the air. Yeah. It's like using, you know, like now that, you know, Siri is getting better and better, and especially the, 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 the level of tech in Siri on in the HomePod is... Mm. You know, it's, it's even it's even better but just coming home and being like i don't know um if i'm cooking something asking asking her to set a timer yeah yeah i've or, used it for that as, well, as soon as i'm also gradually building towards getting a bit more kind of smart home stuff in the house um so the home pod for instance would be able to communicate with the home kit yeah that i'm thinking of getting which means that i can get all the kind of like the lights and stuff done yeah the idea of having uh wi-fi lights i think because obviously I'm at home at the moment. I think once Pixel Girl and I get a place, I am yeah. very keen to make it a, a, like have my own office, um, which will yeah. probably be at home or like a studio, and make it a like a proper smart tech hub and have mm. like the lights and have the because you can also use it to control the thermostat. I know if you have a smart yeah. thermostat, you can also buy smart plug adapters that you just you can literally you can plug it you can plug a um, some form of kind of electrical utility that may not have smart function features um and then use this wall adapter that has like a so it's like a smart adapter yeah so you yeah. can then use it to turn on or track the output of your washing machine or your toaster or your kettle or yeah i mean what um, so- i'm waiting until i am saving until well i say saving i've got one already in my amazon basket but I, it's a <laughs> um it's a kettle that um has wi-fi capability so it means oh that on my, my God, way that home is so, i can tell it that is i can literally so be like you. hey siri put the kettle on i'll make the tea and she'll be like yeah sure and it'll be ready for me when i get home okay daniel putting on a brew or something like that yeah oh, the idea if, if i had if i had the um because the other thing with google i know is you can um also set up custom commands so i set mm. it up for example i had like a phrase that if i wanted to get the latest news update i um, yeah. it, it does that so if i could set it up so like okay you know um uh, turn on studio lights and then if I have those mm. Wi-Fi plugs then all my studio lights then turn on um, that's yeah. just, I mean what the thing I've been using it for mostly actually has been music and it's kind of surprising for a disc it is literally the size of a coaster like it's the radius of a beer coaster um, mm. it produces an impressively good and impressively loud sound um, yeah. And also, like, you can ask it to play me. So I, I've like, it, I, I'm pretending it's the Star Trek computer, and like, you know, play me something relaxing. But you can also yeah. request a specific song, and it's got Spotify built in. So once you ask for a specific song, then it's on a, an, a radio for that artist. Um, and that's yeah. what I've done that a lot whilst I've been working, um, just having that as a separate audio source. Um, and then you know, you can tell mm. it to stop and increase the volume. Like if I'm like, um, I don't know. Okay, Google. Play Samurai Abstinence Patrol by Ninja Sex Party. All right, 
Samurai abstinence patrol by ninja sex party. But then the other thing you can do is I'm going to regret doing this because it, it's pretty loud. Hey Google, maximum volume. Jesus. Okay Google, 10% volume. Hey Google, 10% volume. See, that's, that's so dope that I can do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, Google, stop. Um, like, yeah, I have, I've just, I probably use it. I don't know. I, I, I can... You can say we've been, we've been messing around with the ones in the Apple store. So when we walk past, if we're walking past one of the guys in the product zone, there's a HomePod there and it's playing just kind of ambient music or it's mm-hmm. not even on. You can walk past it and go, hey, Siri, pump up the jam. And it'll just play a random song really loudly. <laughs> so <that> is... <laughs> So we were upset. We were up in the so the way the Exeter Princess Hayes store works is that the Genius Bar and the kind of accessories are all upstairs, um, and then the product zone is downstairs. Um, you can kind of shout down from the balcony at the top and be like, "Hey Siri, play Cha Cha Slide," <laughs> and then try and get the store downstairs to start dancing to it. And it's quite fun. I mean, I've got to say, like, like for forty quid, which is what I paid for it, it was ten pound off. Um... I am very impressed. Like, if we're going to go for like criticism for this, like, I am, I am genuinely now considering once I move into my own place, getting a couple of them in other and like other rooms because yeah. I have one in the the studio and it's like I can mm. tell Google on my phone, for example, to be like, okay, play me Mozart in my office, and then I walk in and it'll already be yeah. playing. And if you and also you can tell yeah. it to talk to your Chromecast and be like, put it on something on on the living room TV. Um, and the idea of having that in multiple rooms, and especially if you have like a big, like the proper Google Hub, which is like twice the price, I think, but like a much better speaker. Um, mm. I, I'm genuinely thinking of investing in that. I think, I mean, obviously it's early days. I've had it for uh, just under a week, I think. Um, mm. But yeah, if, if, we're, if we're being critics of it, I'm very impressed. Um, also, you can just like anything oh, you can ask Google, you can you can ask it like, okay, okay, Google, what's the final digit of pi? On the website bbc.co.uk, they say the record for finding consecutive numbers from 3.14 onward to the final digit is held by Fabrice Bellard, who announced in January that he had calculated pi to 2.7 trillion digits. Oh, that's an updated version then. I hadn't, I didn't know that. I asked it the other day, and it, it and it just went, okay, good, okay, um, just tell me when to stop. 3.14159.26, and I was like, okay, good, stop. Hmm. <laughs> like, um, uh, like yeah, it's, it's I don't know a big fan basically smart speakers. I'd be interested to, to know if our readers have opinions on them, but uh, I've I've been won over by a relatively small investment, so very happy. It's like with I'm trying to remember. Um, let me see if I can make I can see if I can make her do it. Hey Siri, I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the Fandango, Thunderbolt and Lightning? Very very frightening me. <laughs> Galileo, Galileo. And it literally, she'll keep going and going and going right the way through. It's quite hilarious. Uh, what was the one I asked the other day? Oh, um, okay, Google. What's the first rule of Fight Club? I wouldn't know. That's not something I talk about. <laughs> there are some know. hilarious. You can tell that geeks make. You these. can ask. I, I really like yeah. it. Hey Siri, do you work for the FBI? No. <laughs> oh, actually, I haven't tried this yet. Hey, Google, what is the Wikicast? Sorry, I don't 
Oh, we're not famous enough. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, I could ask this. Uh, hey, Google. Who's Simon Clarke? According to Wikipedia, Simon Clarke is a horror novelist from Doncaster, England. No, he's not. That's lies. <laughs> <laughs> Useless. Throw it away. Actually, um, before we leave Critics Corner, another thing that I've been doing, like if we are going to talk about stuff we've been listening to and watching and, and whatnot, I've been listening to, you had a taste of it earlier, a buttload of Ninja Sex Party. Um, I thoroughly encourage all the readers to uh, get on it. They, In particular, I've been listening to Attitude City a lot. Um, they're just really funny. I, like, I, I actually, I met Ninja Brian in real life when he was uh, still a physicist. Uh, he gave a talk at Oxford. Mm. But um, yeah, like all their albums are really like I've been addicted to. Sixty nine, sixty nine is like the Bohemian Rhapsody of comedy songs. Like it's amazing. Mm. Uh, have you listened to any of their stuff? A little bit, not not nearly as much as you have. I I usually find my kind of like um, early Bill Vert stuff. Mm. New Canaan is my favorite. Oh yeah, yeah. As I've mentioned before. Um, but yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly. If we're if we're going to talk about, because like you, I've been so busy, I have literally had no time. Um, but I've been listening because yeah. I've been listening to stuff while I've been working on my new Google Home Mini. Uh, mm. Google sponsor me. Um, uh, so you know, I've been listening to a lot of that. But that is literally, I haven't even read because because the, the the thing is, I I'm funnily enough actually because of the pie thing I mentioned earlier, I had a video come out yesterday which was international pie day dating the episode well done simon um and uh i that was the first time i've ever pulled an all-nighter editing uh i literally got mm. so into it that i just didn't go to sleep it wasn't even a conscious decision i just kept working and it got light outside um mm. but i just about got it ready in time uh i it was it would have been up earlier but there was a rendering error so i had to re-render it which took like two hours and i had a nap in that time what a joy uh, and then uh when i uploaded it google refused to process it so i had to re-upload it so i lost like quite a few views on international pi day uh, which is a bit annoying but like considering if people have watched it i would be a lot of people have complimented me on the editing which i think is amazing because i literally edited that in 24 hours um and a lot of the complicated stuff was done literally at like 4 a.m um mm. so it's kind of nice to know that uh if need be uh in a pinch i can put on like my best editing work literally whilst i'm completely sleep deprived um so that i i did that and i also had the nasa video which isn't out at the time of recording but should be out literally this uh an hour after this podcast goes out um i've been editing this this story about the time i went to nasa did i tell you i went to nasa no i don't think you've ever mentioned no, it. i don't think i ever have it's, it's something i keep quiet about um and, and basically i uh, I had a DVD of all the BBC footage that was shot for me and like the other people who went and um, it went missing. Uh, so hence my message to Dan, which is now in the quotes page of uh, the the Discord. Get the DVD, you cum sponge. All, all in caps. Lovely. Um, so uh, yeah, I, basically I thought it was an extra and it turns out it's not. And it's also not here in Bristol, so I don't know where it's gone. So that was, a, that was delayed and very, very stressful production for that because... I've I've now got it from another person, but because uh, everyone who went on the trip was given a copy. Uh, but yeah, that was this past week has been insanely busy. Uh, mm. This week I'm actually taking a bit of time off because there's another um, science. There's two more science videos coming out this month, but then there's apart from that, it's a vlog which I've been doing a vlog this week, uh, which is fun, uh, and uh, there's also a book video. But like this, the second half of the month is way less stressful basically than the first half. Mm. Um, so um yeah i just uh i've been like dan rushed off my tits fair play busy times 
busy times we're making stuff we're, we're changing the world uh we are making memes uh indirectly of course we, we just let our mm. fans do that for us and bloody hell yes, are they yeah. good at it um seasoned pros like honestly it's amazing the memes i mean if we, can we put that in creators corner like it's just kind oh, of yeah. astonishing just like the variety the sheer lack of quality of a lot of them um and this the the, the, the they're so some of them are so niche Mm. It even takes me or you'd like a second to be like, wait, what? Oh, this. Like, yeah. I, no, I think I, I love them. I personally, I'm very glad that we've moved away from the My Little Pony porn section of uh, the Discord, which mm. I know happened. Uh, I, 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 fortunately, I didn't, I didn't know or have seen any of that. Oh, I haven't I seen any I'm of it, out. but I just know that it happened. Uh, <laughs> it's just, for God's sake, we create a community and this is what happens. It was inevitable, really. But um, mm. you know, if we're being critical of, the, <laughs> if we're being critics of the memes created, uh, that's a yes from me when it comes to uh, the really creative ones that Dan and I, and a very big no when it comes to My Little Pony porn. <laughs> Top lad. And thank you so much for for tuning back in. You're joining us here at the. Uh, rugby international game between Australia and Wales. Put your two representatives commentating. Right, you are, Daniel. There he is. If you're unsure, that's our Wales representative there. Yes, from the valleys. We're it's going to be an, a good, clean game. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic game. Fucking marvellous. Oh yes. Really looking forward to it today. The the, the boys are in really. Uh, they're in top form. Yes. They've been uh, they've been training hard. Um, I don't know about the the, the Welsh team, well, Simon. I, th- I think we're going to have to talk about the Welsh team after the kickoff. It's about to happen. And and here we begin. So I believe it's it's Australia to kick off first. We've got uh, we've got our our centre Henry Henry Brewster. Are you reading uh, this off on a list of rugby positions, Daniel? I am I am I am absolutely doing that. Yes, I could not give a flying f- about rugby. So here we go. <laughs> uh, we're, we we're, we're starting with Henry Brewster. He's abs- He's looking at. He's a you know he's a picture on the pitch. He's uh, you know he's been training hard. He's his uh, his abdominals there, just kind of slightly ripping through the t-shirt. It's absolutely gorgeous. Well, Daniel couldn't give a flying f- about rugby. Wales could give a flying half, and that's wonderful. Stephen coming up the centre of the pitch there, pressuring the ball. Man on, man on. Uh, man on. Ta- who is he tackling going. there, Dan? And it's that's Lewis Watson coming in there. He's a he's, he's a he's a big lad, is Lewis, but he's you know he's got a got a heck of a move behind him. And and there, and Lewis is down. He's out for the right, count. Ruck, absolutely ruck, boys, down. ruck. That's Simon Evase, Emma Kavanagh. Right, right. They got the yep. got possession. It's a turnover. It's a turnover. It's got, it got Irish all of a sudden, and 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 oh, no, it's back. It's back. The Welsh accent's back, and it's back to Matt Maguire. So it's it's grounded, and it's going to be it's going to be a, it's going to be a line out there. Well, here we go. So I uh, I mean I believe you just said the word. It's going to be a line up. Is that right? A, a, a line out. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know what that is. So <laughs> what I'm uh, Eric Eric Davis. Uh, he's doing what he wants. He's picked up. He's picked up the ball and he's f***ing, f***ing flying up the pitch. Oh, he's he's, he's cl- followed closely behind by uh, by Tyler Rooker and Billy Tawson. Um, and mirroring good 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 boys. Mirroring their ones. movements, you got Luke Thatcher and Alex Greer. It's it, I mean it's 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 gonna it's gonna end nasty. And there's there's contact. There we go. Elliot Conway comes in, absolutely flying, um, and takes down uh, and takes down. I believe that's one of your Welsh boys, Simon. Yes, the possession changed. Though. Sorry, we've not been paying too much attention because I've been looking up rugby positions, you see. Uh, that, that was Tapio Kirkinen has been taken down, and it's now another turnover, and it's back to Australia. So we've got Elliot Conway pacing down now, followed closely by Ben McMurty and David uh, Scarhill. Um, David, of course, being one of our, one of our strongest scrum halves, uh, uh, and, uh, and Ben being, I think, what's called a flanker. 
You're not, you're not. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't. It's think it's pretty clear that we neither of us know what we're doing, Dan. Uh, <laughs> so, hang on. What was the latest, though? Do, 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 Australia still had possession, do they? Yep. It's the moustache man coming through. He's getting. He's getting pretty close to that try line, actually. Um, uh, uh, Wales better 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 do something. Right. About, Australia about are that. spreading out through the pitch, but we, we've got pressure being put on by Wales. We've got Azagu Nagapa Nagasaravanan, very traditional Welsh name. Um, who's, who's now pressuring the ball yes and oh she's taking the ball he's taking the ball he's running up the that's pitch that's it moustache man's down he's, he's, he's running up the pitch with the ball Davi Shram and Habiba following Habiba up. Amjad comes in to intercept he's straight up with the ball and he's, he's, the play's resumed he's, it's Habiba it's passing to Dan Dan Hanvey to, to Connor Levers Lachlan Woods now on the, on, on the wing He's pacing down. There's not much left. It's only a few metres in it passes back to John Mannion but Miles Cornfeld has come out of nowhere Taking so it down. Close, so bloody close. Oh, right, taking down. And then it's another rock. It's a rock. Rock, and it's come out. And it's gone to Jay Wright. Jay Wright is, is running up the pitch. He fakes it. Thought he was going to pass to Angela, but he's not. He's carrying on up the pitch. It's, uh, are there any Australians around him on the pitch, Daniel? John Mannion, straight in the back there. That was Ooh, very nearly... That's uh, a big very, hit. Very nearly needed a, needed, needed a, a sin bin. Is that rugby? Is that a sin bin? Uh, yes, you do call it that in rugby. I think I could hear the spine snap from here. You see, see, he seems to be looking a bit of pain. Anyway, it's John Mannion keep going through now, and it's only it's a, it's it's two left between them. It's super close. He passes to Nicholas, and that is a that is a try for Australia. Oh. Fantastic work out there, boys. So very proud. Da- of you. It's ah oh, dark day in the, the Millennium Stadium. Have you got any players left? No, that's it. That's me. No, I've got three more. Um, okay. <laughs> do, you get, do you want to score? Do you want to score a try? Um, the Australian team have actually they've 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 left the, they've left the pitch. They go. Oh, they're getting a drink. That's right. So yeah. So they're just, they're going to be um, pulling up a Foster's, um, which is obviously an interesting move, given that that means that Wales now have an absolutely free. It's an uh, undefended free, free, pitch. Free pitch and a triforce of Simon Torseth, Jordan Eschendahl, and Kieran Kelly are just well. They're, they're having a laugh. They're passing the ball between them and laughing as they go up the centre yeah. line. And Australia, I mean, Australia, I mean, at this point, I would say that the Australian team is looking relaxed. They've all taken a seat at the bar, um, and they're actually they're 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 watching the game, yeah, pointing and laughing because they've obviously realised that they should be on the pitch, and, uh, and they've uh, they failed in that regard. And that's a that's another that's a try for Wales right between the posts. Uh, I don't know what my accent's doing now. Struth. Bloody oath! What a what a game! I've got to say thank you for keeping that. As, I know for an Australian that was that was very little swearing. So yeah, I was I was I was trying to. I mean, the, you know, using using the um, the friendly greeting of. I avoided I avoided using it purely for for for, for editing purposes. Thank you so much for that. But also, that's right, no problem. Thank you so much to all of our patrons on Patreon. For those of you who are new yes. to the podcast, that's our expanded class of top mm. lads. We now have thirty of them. We actually sold out all of the top lad spots immediately. So I think we might have to have a rethink about how we do this. Like maybe, I don't know. Maybe maybe half of them. Uh, we can increase the number and maybe half get a shout out and uh, on like even episodes and half get a shout out on odd episodes. Mm. Um, because obviously you guys really like the podcast and you like supporting us and the fact that they went like that uh you know says says a lot about how how committed you guys are so maybe we need to have a rethink but thank you so much to everybody who has uh has supports us on patreon I mean, it's not just our top lads we also have our uh, team cat and team dogs we do and we're currently sitting our uh, it's team cat 23 team dog 22 now i do believe that team dog were ahead they were earlier uh, in the week the i was worried we that we were going to have the first episode ever where team dog were ahead but no team cat still it's cl- clinging on with their it's claws ve- it's very interesting that you always say what before before we start recording you, you give me an update and they say that 
uh, oh yeah, do- Team Dog were ahead, and then when we start recording, they're not. I mean, I don't want to be overly sceptical here, but I'm fairly sure that whenever Team Dog <laughs> are ahead, Simon just pledges a dollar just to bump it up. I don't, I don't know what you mean. That's that's absolutely not what has been happening. Team Dog, I'm very proud of you. We're, it, we're slow and steady wins the race. It's been 28 episodes, um, <laughs> but we're getting, we're, we're, we're getting there. You're not it's, winning because cats are the superior household pet. That's it's why. It's complete rubbish. It's absolute rubbish. Although, I don't know to mention this to you, Sally LePage um, was saying that perhaps the reason this podcast works is because I am like a dog and you're like a cat. And a lot of couples, that is the case. Mm. Like, the, one's a cat person, which means they're like a dog, and the other person is a dog person, which means they're like a cat. And that just, it mm. kind of works, you know? Yeah. So perhaps this is why the whole podcast is possible, but it, it's necessary that Team Cat always win, is what I'm trying to say. Mm. Well... We'll see for next week. I've got a feeling that Team Dog are going to be ahead by quite a bit. Team Dog, you know what to do. I, I invite people to support a dollar a month uh, to Team Dog uh, and prove me wrong by the next episode. But don't, Team Cat. If, if you like cats, please also donate a dollar a month to Team Cat on patreon.com forward slash the wikicast. Top lad! So we're going to jump on straight ahead to uh, to Correspondence Corner uh, this week. Correspondence Corner. I personally have uh, a great interest corner. in Correspondence. <laughs> we're going to jump ahead to Correspondence Corner uh, this week, um, just because we've got quite a lot of correspondence to work through, and we're already looking at a fairly a fairly sizable podcast. Um, but if you would like to email in uh, to to the Agony Uncle uh, section. Please feel free. It's spongyelectric at gmail.com. It's all anonymized. Um, we, we, yeah, we've 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 got some sitting in, in the kind of in the in the in the way by to go to, but we're uh, we've made the mutual decision to to jump straight onto correspondence as this. God, you're all so keen. There's you're a lot so of emails. Heard. Yeah, yeah. Um, and with that, we have our first email from Patrick Jury. It says, "Hello, Messrs. Moore and Clark. I am a new reader of the Wikicast. New reader. Round of applause." He goes one on to say, us. "However, it is one of us." <laughs> However, it has quickly found its place on um, on rotation among my regular podcasts. Your entertaining ta- uh, takes on whatever Wikipedia throws at you makes for a good listen. I'm studying engineering in Australia, but as I have communicated with Simon over Twitter, I'll be undertaking an exchange, undertaking sorry, an exchange uh, at the University of Exeter in the 2018-19 academic year. What are some important extra things you would recommend I do there uh, to make most of my time? As for cats versus dogs, I grew up with one of each. However, I must side with Dan on Team Dog. Regards, Patrick. Well, congratulations on the um, the exchange. That's 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 fantastic. I know that a lot of um, certainly from Melbourne University, um, Exeter is quite a popular choice for folk to go to. As far as things to do, um, I I mean, what springs to mind immediately for me would be Exeter Underground Passages, um, Firehouse. You've got to do the Firehouse pub quiz. Um, you've got to come and have a listen to Evensong at Exeter Cathedral. In I'm in no way biased uh, in, that, <laughs> in that recommendation. Um, but if you do, um, then I'll be in the choir at that stage, so we can say hello. Um, equally, listen to you know go and go and hear the chapel choir sing. Um, go down to Double Locks. That's really nice. Yeah, I mean, for the, kind of like a nice lunch out. The thing is, it, when we talk about things to do in Exeter, a lot of the things that I tend to recommend to people are things just out of Exeter. Like, mm. as a city, it's definitely nice to wander around and see Cathedral Green, see the quay as well. But like, like Dan mm-hmm. says, like going to Double Locks, which is a pub about I don't know half hour hours walk outside of Exeter, um, is it just obviously if you if you outside. walk from the quay, you get there in about twenty minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes, half an hour is pretty fair, actually, yeah. Um, but then also, like, Exmouth, Sidmouth, 
um, like Dawlish. There's a lot of places near Exeter that are worth visiting, but in Exeter, yeah, and it's really cheap to get there because this it's all on the one train line. Yeah, so it's not you know you don't have to travel particularly far for much, and you you it's you know it's lovely. Yeah, but it, but in Exeter, mm, there's not. Uh, uh, d- um, I would actually recommend do go and see the underground medieval tunnels because they're really interesting mm-hmm. especially if you're from australia like it's it's basically i think it's always cool to go somewhere that's substantially older than your country you know extra cathedral uh, yeah like the cathedral and like like the other tunnels yes nice plug dan um also you know like things as, as i said firehouse is great um for a night out there's some other some nice places as far as like things to do on an evening if you're if you know if there's some other people who are uh, who are also undertaking an exchange and you want to go out for maybe some drinks or something there's Dr. Ink's Curiosities on the quay which is like a really really groovy amazing cocktail bar mm-hmm. um, Turtle Bay and the book cover which is like a 1920s themed speakeasy um, yeah otherwise you know like if you don't have anyone to go out and for a drink with um, send me a message closer to when you're um, sent, yeah put an email in let me know when you're here we'll find a free evening we'll show you around there you go can't turn that down Get, yeah, get you settled. Next up, we have a, a, a short message, which I'm sure is going to engender a lot of discussion from Rena, Rena Gao? I'm not quite sure how you're supposed to pronounce that. Another Australian. Um, we have a lot of Australian listener, readers. Yeah, we do. Dear Sir slash Madam, I am a high school student in Australia and I'm going to Eastern Europe on music tour very soon. Since very cool. both of you have been on choir tours, I'd be very grateful for any advice. Gosh, uh, advice for going on a choir tour. Uh, well, music tour. Um... What do you think, Dan? Um, I would say pace yourself. <laughs> Don't look forward to a concert so much that you knacker your voice and then can't sing at all. Watch, watch what you drink. Yeah, too. I, I mean, mean this that's is, I much mean, more for this... singers. It's not. I don't know. She just says um, music tour. So I don't know. Well, I mean, I imagine she's not going to play particularly well on an instrument if she's hungover either. True. So the yeah. point probably still says. Also, just from a health perspective, don't go mental. <laughs> um, make the most of when you've got time off. And make the most of seeing things. You know, like Simon and I were super keen to not just kind of waste time in Malta with going to the beach and drinking or going on a boat and drinking, and you know, like we want to actually go and get some get some culture. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so so you know, if, especially if you're going on a a tour through what sounds like several different uh, countries, it's Eastern Europe. Um, there'll be so much to see. So yeah, so plan in. Maybe start looking ahead and thinking. Well, if I've got this time away, this is where I'll be situated what can i where can i what can i do and see that's fairly close um what, what? make the most of it just being a, a a kind of a tour away um the music is obviously super exciting but you'll be able to see things that you've never seen before what would you recommend packing like what do you think what's something that you think you should pack for a music tour mm. a pencil probably several <laughs> if you lose it there's nothing more annoying uh, than a not being able to mark in your music based on um, based on our friends peter's experiences i was going to say sun cream even if you're going to eastern europe ah, uh very true and it's yeah. and it's she says she's going very soon uh just be careful don't get mm. uh sunstroke uh and don't yeah. go on a flight that nearly has to be diverted because you were sunburned so badly yeah but so most of all just enjoy it yeah and, definitely. and take seize every opportunity you're given yeah and also be aware you're representing your institution, not just yourself. Mm. And, you know, don't yeah. do anything too stupid. We're responsible you're a adults. You're citizen of the world. Yeah. We're responsible adults, so we have to say that, basically. Um, mm. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm jealous, basically. We are going to be going on choir tour sometime soon. Um, we are. Uh, to uh, to Limoges. In the south of France. Well, central France, France. Really, isn't it? It's not south. Mm. 
Um, so yeah, I'm very. I, I'm going to be hopefully buying a new drone for the occasion, so we can have some very cool tour vlogs. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. Good luck with the tour, Rena. Uh, she also signed off cats and PCs. Rena, approximately four hundred ninety-eight million six hundred fourteen thousand four hundred seconds. Which I nice. I mean, it's not a, a compound fraction, but I appreciate that. That's that's, that's solid. Very cool. We have an email here from uh, Elliot Conway. He says, Dear Messrs. Clark and Moore, you may recall an email I sent a while ago in which I said I was heading to law school. Sadly, however, I was unable to get funding, so I abandoned pursuing law. This eventually became a blessing in disguise as I was accepted onto a master's degree in history and have just recently been offered a place to do a PhD at the University of Manchester. Congrats. I followed Simon's advice uh, videos and they helped me to write a proposal good enough to get accepted. To show my appreciation, I've donated an extra $5 uh, both to the Wikicast and Simon's Patreon. Oh, you I look forward to pursuing a career in research and academia. You absolutely, babe. Well yeah. done, Elliot. And thank you. Thank you for the extra donation. But but most importantly, you know, well done on being offered a PhD place. That's fantastic. That is. I mean, it's a difficult path ahead, but well done. Also, with regards to cats and dogs, although I'm on the fence because both are glorious, I have to support Team Cat, as a cat's love means so much. Thank and you. And with the cheese issue... I live with people who ate it off the block and left teeth marks. Oh, my God. So I sympathise with Dan. Elliot, you're a hero. Did I ever do that? Did I ever leave teeth marks? No, I don't think so. But you would deliberately cut out, like, Tetris-shaped things in the cheese just to piss me off. Because I was considerate and I wanted to bite into a hunk of cheese and I didn't just want to have shitey little slices. I wanted to have a proper chunk. So I was being nice. I was avoiding the teeth mark and cheese mark situation. Okay, sure, sure. Okay, very quick note for the podcast here. Tyler, Rooker, got your email. I have two now lost. I'm not reading that out because I am not that evil a person that I am going to make so many people, thousands of people lose, okay? Those of you who already know probably know what I'm talking about. But no, Tyler, very bad. We've got an email here from Jane Krause. She says, hello, boys. I have have written before and... I shall say it again. I love this podcast and I'm glad to know I'm not the only Australian listening. By not far. Not by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. There's loads of you. Um, I'm writing to you concerning a recent film I watched, Viceroy's House. Have the two of you watched it or spoken about it before on the Wikicast? I can't remember. Anyway, I quite enjoyed it, especially the soundtrack. If you have seen the film, what do you think? As a historian, I quite enjoyed the portrayal of several historical events and being careful not to spoil it for anyone listening. Although a fan of their, although not a fan of their casting choice for uh, Louis Mountbatten, uh, the music is charming, a, a right mix of traditional Indian and Western orchestral. Um, uh, one of my favourite soundtracks at the moment. Anyway, moustache, the tea is boiling, very good. Lady Jane, aged 270 months and two days. P.S. Team Dog. So I just had to Google who L- Louis Mountbatten was. He was the f- first Earl Mountbatten of Burma. Uh, hang on. Uh, he was Presumably of the, of the Mountbatten family who married Elizabeth. I guess so. Um, oh, yeah, he's an uncle of Prince Philip. Um, yeah, second cousin once removed to Queen Elizabeth. During the Second World War, he was Supreme Allied Commander of Southeast Asia. Uh, oh, and he was the last Viceroy of India. That's probably why. Uh, ah. uh, so I, I haven't watched this. Viceroy's House, I assume, no. then, is about sort of the end of colonialism in, um, in India. Uh, that sounds very interesting. Viceroy's House. Hang on, I'm going to have a quick Google. Viceroy's House. So I think I've heard of this. The Viceroy's... Yeah. Oh. It does ring a bell. It looks like the film poster is what every single grey market uh, film poster looks mm. like. That is so That is so generic. Um, also, the fact that it's based on a oh, true Oh, yeah, because it's well. got thingy. What's that actor's name? Who's in everything. All, yeah. all the grey market. Hugh Bonneville. 
Yeah, Hugh Bond. Yeah, I do know this. I've seen the and Gillian Anderson. Yeah, I've seen the trailers for this. It looked. Um, yeah, it's one of these things where, like, I bet this will be a very rose-tinted. Oh no, it was. Oh, that's interesting. No, I was about to say, I bet it was going to be a very rose-tinted kind of portrayal of the events and like not excusing but like kind of brushing over the fact that india was was treated incredibly badly by people in britain um Mm. but i don't know it's got it's certainly got an indian director and uh indian uh, indian written screenplay it seems kermode's giving it a three out of five stars uh also the guardian says that it brings fake history to the screen uh, oh, it takes breathtaking liberties with real-life horrors. Whoops. Okay, perhaps I was right to begin with. Um, I, I might have to watch this just to see what um, sort of what you know, see what Jane's talking about, and also to reckon, you know, work out how bad, how badly it's mm. representing stuff. Like, like yeah. I thought Darkest Hour did. So that that could be quite interesting. If I get the chance, I will try and read that. Yeah. Also, I love yeah, two hundred and seventy months and two days. It's unconventional, yeah. but I like it. The sign-off. The sign-off of, of, of Lady Jane, also, I should make a note of, I'm currently obsessed with and have been for months. My fav- my, the, the only tea I drink now is Lady Grey tea. Um, it's, um, I get it, it's the Twinings one. Um, and whenever it's in stock, I will buy about four boxes because it seems to disappear and they're kind of rare as hen's teeth. Um, but it's really nice. Think Earl Grey, but um, you kind of carry the bergamot taste, but you then substitute... Um, the kind of the, the the kind of black teainess with kind of like a citrusy orangey kind of taste. I'm not gonna lie. As soon as you started talking about tea, I felt a little bit sick. So that's fine. It's really really tasty. If you're if if you if you're a fan of tea, I highly recommend you try um, Lady Grey. You've got to let it steep for about I'd say about three minutes because I like it. You know, you, you, when you I add like just a bit of milk at the end, and you don't want it to taste too watery. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's delicious. Really really nice can recommend but yeah thank you jane so in response to our discussion last time asking people in german in german cities specifically um to kind of recommend things to do for one of our other readers who's going there uh we have an email from sarah warlman i guess that's varlman or something like Mm. oh i got picked off my german pronunciation last episode as well varlman i'm gonna go with why not um dear simon and dan good Good start. Um, As one reader requested travel recommendations for Germany, here's some tips on what to do in Hamburg. I'm going to paraphrase it because um, it's quite a long email. So good job, Sarah, for being thorough. Um, So Hamburg is probably most famous for its port. There are the St. Pauli... Oh, God. Landungsbrücken with some museum ships. Brücken. Brücken. Sorry. Landungsbrücken. And also um, Hannah Müller. I only know that because we've spent so much time on the fucking St. Matthew Passion to try and get the right vowel on Uber. Yeah. Um it was like if you make a um kind of su- kind of smile and say e, e and then keep that sound and then put, and then bring your mouth into like an o shape. E. <laughs> that's the that's the vowel that you meant to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cuz cuz we got pulled up on the Discord Hannah was like for god's sake get my name right it's not Müller it's Müller. <laughs> like so sorry, Hannah. So yeah, so St. Pa- St. Pauli Landungsbrücken with some museum ships and little food shops. Uh, a little recommendation here is to try and get a tour that also leads through to the Spielerstadt Warehouse District, I, I think um, is a translation. Uh, the normal boats are too big for the canals. They can't go there. Oh, okay. It's kind of hard to find a guide who also speaks English, but definitely worth it. The alternative is to ask nice-looking people to translate. Um uh, also, she's recommended the Elbe Tunnel, an old tunnel below the port. You can go uh, down there with lifts 
uh, and walk to the other side of the port. The view there is really great. The boats to the... Oh, my God. Uvelgun. Uh, that's O with umlaut, V-E-L-G-O with umlaut, N-N-E. Um, it's a museum harbour. Uh, and the Elbe Philharmonie, an opera house. Not heard of that. Uh, and then uh, some other little assorted recommendations. Uh, the miniature Wunderland, the world's largest model railway. Oh, that's cool! Oh, that sounds cool. Oh, I'd want to go there. Um, I was such a railway. Like, Thomas the Tank Engine was, was my life as a child. Yeah, exactly the I same. trains. Uh, I had my own model railway with, like, little miniature double uh, O gauge Thomas and Annie and Clarabelle. Um, yeah, nice. Uh, she does say it's usually very crowded, but you can avoid that by reserving tickets in advance. There's also the Michelle, Mike Michael, uh, a church with a viewing platform, and the Alster, and tons of museums like the Chocolate Museum and an art gallery. In general, Hamburg is really cool just to walk around and explore the different districts. Most of them are also quite p- picturesque. Um, and then there's also the Karolinenviertel and the Schanze street art and small shops uh and then oh god um, last german word i promise in the park there are Wasserlichtkonzerte, waterlight concert and fountain shows well that sounds cool but uh yeah basically uh yes that that's the recommendations from sarah who concludes her email by saying i've still got one question would you be up for another short fan fiction i promise it won't be smutty sorry for any mistakes and ganz liebe grüße uh grüße sarah uh, well, funny you should mention the fan fiction. We have one at the end of this episode. So we'll, we'll wait and see. If that puts us dun, on dun, fan dun. fiction, then maybe not. But hopefully, yes. You have a quick one here from Grace Carter. It says, Messrs. Moore and Clark just wanted to send a short message to say thank you for all the excellent non-content. It's been brilliant listening on my four hours of travel to and from uni. Oh, my gosh. Uh, as always, Team Dog, Grace, is 23 and 83 one hundredths. Nice. Nice. So- strong. Very strong. Solid. Thank you, Grace. Following up, we have an email that I've been waiting for for quite a while. This is from David Scahill, who is uh, a dude in Iceland. I've actually been talking to him about trying to set up a a live stream on my channel uh, talking about mental health. Um, I need to get on that. David, I haven't forgotten. Don't worry. Um, But yes, uh, that's that's something that's coming out. And the reason that David um, has emailed is... Uh, I'll just read it, actually. Gentlemen, he says, I give you the Cat Cafe. This is the Cat Cafe in Reykjavik, Iceland. This beautiful coffee shop has just opened down the road for my girlfriend a little over a week ago here in Reykjavik and has a simple idea at its core. At any time, it has a number of resident cats from a local shelter that people can come and chat to and, if possible, eventually adopt, should you wish. This is particularly cool as older cats are given as much of a chance as finding a home as kittens, which isn't the case normally at cats and dogs homes. I enclose photos for your perusal and will also post them on the community page on the patreon where we just can find them um i've got to say i would love to go here i've never been to a, like a pet cafe but the idea of being surrounded by friendly cats who look gorgeous it's got to be said these are some really nice pictures um what camera are you using david this looks really nice um this looks amazing what do you, i mean mm. is this your idea of hell dan i mean it looks like a nice cafe i think it would probably be even nicer if there were less cats <laughs> um but it's a nice. I like that. I really like like the mural on the wall on the wall. Yeah, the cat with the flowers around it. There's a, there's cool. a beautiful. How would you describe that art style? It's got kind of like an, like almost like a Hindi kind of a look. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, actually, yeah. It's it's like a Hindi slash. Oh, who was the French artist who lived in Tahiti? Was that that wasn't Matisse? Was it? Um, Maybe. Hang on, Tahitian, uh, Tahiti French artist. I always forget this one. Uh, it was Goga. I'm thinking of Goga. Yeah. Uh, it looks a bit like that. But yeah, lovely mural on the wall of, of a cat and then these two like chandeliers. 
uh, either side. Yeah, I would. Oh, this is such a cool idea. So, I mean, he, mm. so basically, David says, I can't recommend it enough to any readers who may be coming to Iceland for a visit, as it's a cozy little spot that I'll be frequenting for the rest of my time here. Most importantly, he will finish by saying Team Dog Forever. Drops mic. Nice. Traitor! Solid. T R A R. David. You clawed it back, if you'll pardon the pun. <laughs> hey, and I've got a glass here. Can I make that work? Nice. And finally, we have an email from Simon Throssel. Uh, it says, Evensong, Chuka Umuna, and Small Worlds. Dear Mrs. Clark and more, Twas upon a Thursday night clear when I attended an in-conversation with uh, Chuka Umuna uh, event at a church near Monument Station, Central London. Upon arrival, I was greeted with the news that before the Q&A session was to take place, we would first be part of the congregation for the church's Evensong service. I've never attended an Evensong service before, uh, but armed with the praise of this particular type of service, receives on almost every episode of the Wikicast yep. and on Simon's <laughs> PhD vlogs, I sat down uh, on their second chair of the... Uh, of the second row and waited for the service to begin. And it not was only was the even song, <laughs> not only was the even song section of the event a pleasant surprise. Um, so were the choice of canticles, Stanford and G. Oh, oh, mm. Classic, classic. Um, it was Simon's rendition of Stanford's Nunc Dimittis at the beginning of um, of his "What I Sing Every Week" vlog that made me first hit the subscribe button. Uh, oh, really? And the base one's the progress. <laughs> over the course of the PhD and then tune into the Wikicast podcast once um, that was launched around 25 episodes ago. I would say good job on getting your PhD, but in the, wor- in the words of the film Whiplash, there are no two words in the English language more harmful than good job. Oh, yeah. The best of luck to the both of you in your future endeavours. Simon, age 20 and three twelfths. I mean, you are quoting there like someone who's manipulating someone in a very terrible relationship, but like it's kind of true. The what? The good job? Yeah. like Oh, it's so true. Like some, I, t- I totally agree with it. Sometimes it's what you need to be told. Like if if you are in a very bad place, you just need that positive encouragement. In terms of like making you strive towards excellence, but you can replace that positive encouragement with 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 more specific feedback. I mean, I, yes, I suppose feedback is good when you can when you when you go away with something to learn from. Otherwise, you're you're in the same place from where you started because then it's not feedback, then it's praise. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I I really really identify with that line in the film. I, think I mean, good job on true. its Maybe. own is is definitely like not enough. I definitely say that in the same way that you just say this is bad, like that's not good mm. enough on its own. I had a music teacher, my my original director of choral music in Australia, um, who was absolutely fantastic. Um, she would always insist on the feedback she would give would be if if it was good, she would tell you, and if you heard, and, and if she pr- really gave you some praise, you know you smashed it. But normally she would she would kind of be like, okay, now that's done. What do you think you can work on? Um, and then she would pull out, pull out some points and say, this is what I think this is what I think worked. These are the things that you need to go away from. And it was never just kind of like overtly like, oh, great job. So when she did when you did get that, you knew that it was really special. Mm. And you don't just kind of take praise for granted. Yeah. Well, okay, so controversial, but there you go. <laughs> I just can't believe that you subscribe because of my rendition of the Stanford. It's really not that good. Speaking of canticles, okay, I've got uh, a bone to pick. Here we go. With uh, I've got a bone to pick with uh, Dyson. <laughs> right. He's written Dyson in D. This is George Dyson. George Dyson, is it? I don't, honestly don't know. Hang on, I'm gonna have to check that because otherwise that's gonna be really George Dyson. Yeah, George Dyson. Um, he's written Dyson in D, which is a banging tune. Which the my soul doth magnify the Lord. Um, which is fab. He's also written Dyson in F. My question to him 
if he, if he's if listening. he could hear me now, is why the, what a waste of your time. <laughs> it is gen, it's, uh, uh, it's so boring and dull. The Nunc Dimittis lasts like literally two pages. <laughs> so you're complaining it's, it's too short? No, but it's not. No, because you can do wonderful things with short pieces of music. It's just really boring. And it sounds very much like other people. I just, I, I'm really disappointed from someone who's written such a, you know, Dyson and D, which is banging. And um, if you hadn't heard it before, Google it or go to the University of Exeter. Um, I'll, I'll include it in the show notes. There'll be a, there'll yeah, be a, I'll, the link to the uh, cathedral performance that we did. Mm, yeah, which is the first time that it's been scored for orchestra. Yes. Um, by the fantastic uh, David Davies. Um, but yeah, Dyson and, Dyson and F complete waste of time loathed it we had to sing it yesterday even song and it was just rubbish but we made up for it by singing the walton litany as the anthem i don't think i know that it's the uh, drop drop slow tears but the, not the latent one so it's oh, like, oh, um, right. the sopranos have the drop 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 oh okay it's really he wrote it we'll provide a link to the show notes of this as well it's classic walton who's a fantastic composer but he wrote this when he was 14 you're kidding i think and it's just it's honestly it's a like a masterpiece of music it's really cool and now we come to the long-awaited return. Uh, Daniel, close your close your screen because I'm about to read you a fan fiction. Uh, okay. So we've had so far the time traveller with the extraordinarily big forehead. We've had mm-hmm. um, the case of the deleted pixels, and we've had we we had a one-off with us finding a a, a, a tesseract in the woods. Uh, am I missing one? Have we had another one? We probably have. We probably have. We've remember. had quite we've a had few. That many, and they were also fantastic yes um they are and we, we now have an addition to this canon we have the virtual adventures of simon and dan a fan fiction story so this has been sent to us by cameron uh who is team cat incidentally uh i just thought i plugged that there um and this is a sci-fi adaptation of us so i'm gonna have to find some new music for this one um hopefully there'll be less sex in this than there was in the the last one um fingers crossed fingers crossed so okay here we go i haven't read this yet so you're about to hear a fan fiction written in by a reader the virtual adventures of simon and dan chapter one duck simon yelled as he fired his blaster over the top of dan's immense forehead cheers mate strong it's a great beginning the bright laser was sent over the young english student and sank into the left forearm of the muscular alien on the opposite side of the long hallway simon hid back behind the airlock door how did they get in the ship simon screamed in panic they must have modified the teleportation cone and gate sorry they must have get- modified the teleportation oh, for God's cone sake. this is not okay hang on no we've this is a new fan fiction <laughs> okay um they must have modified the teleportation cone and gain access to the ship's interface oh god this is bad. This is really bad. Simon yeah, this said. is really bad. Really bad. <laughs> How meta. We don't have time to be pointing out the obvious, Dan replied as he popped up and took another few shots at the monstrosity that was making its way towards them. The strip of light on the side of his rifle began to flash red. I'm running low, he proclaimed. God damn it. We need to get to the energy bay, Simon yelled, losing his nerve. There's, sorry, I'm, this is written without... Uh, I'm going to have to distinguish you with that voice, I'm afraid, because otherwise there's no way of telling who's saying what. Um... There's no... Well, it's written as like a thing. It's a different line, a different line for each reader. Yeah, but it's literally written like a book. Yeah, but it's different to do that in an audio book. I have to do a different voice. Oh, right. Like reading really it out. There's no way of getting past him. I have an idea, but it's a long shot. How how long can you hold it off for? <laughs> Sorry, mine went to inappropriate places. Then, thirty seconds, maybe a minute. <laughs> Couple more strokes. <laughs> 
No reply. Dan knew that Simon was good in these situations, but he still could not understand how he was going to get them out of this one. They were trapped, backs against the wall, the deep, vast darkness of space visible from the large window next to them. At least I die with a good view, Dan thought, as the light on his rifle went black. I'm out! This idea better work! He shouted straight... He shouted back at Simon as he slumped down to the floor in acceptance of his possible fate. Your rifle's out, you're just gonna give up. <laughs> like, you're not gonna be like, well, this is how I die. This is the end time. At that moment, Simon emerged from the airlock, his blaster to his head. The alien took a shot. What? Hang on. What? At that moment, Simon emerged from the airlock, his blaster to his head, like I'm about to blow my brains out. Like, <laughs> don't do it or I'll shoot! The alien took a shot straight for him. Moments before the light pierced Simon's chest, he pulled the trigger and vanished. Dan looked on in horror, confused at what had just happened. Had his best friend just shot himself? Oh, I was right. I interpreted that right. How did that solve anything? Also, where was the body? Before he had time to contemplate the possibility of Simon's death, he heard a murfle, a murfle, a muffled gargle coming from the direction of the fight. He gathered the bravery to peek out of cover, and he saw the alien slumped to the floor, lifeless. There, towering over the corpse, was Simon. How? Dan questioned. I don't know why you had such a high-pitched voice then. Sorry, mate. I'll explain later. How? 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 I'll explain later. Right now, we need to get to the ammo bay. Simon took off running. Dan, frozen in shock and confusion, stood still for a few seconds before composing himself in G and following after... Yeah. Sorry. And following after Simon. They made their way through the... the, the God, I can't f***ing talk. They made their way through the futuristic maze, shots ricocheting off the walls next to them. They weren't out of the mud yet. They made it to the ammo bay. Dan ran in, quickly popped out his energy cell and shoved a new one in the back of his rifle. Simon grabbed a few power grenades, pushed the... I like how you can make anything space-like if you just put power in front of it. It's like how in uh, Star Wars you have hyper anything, like hyper calendar, hyper fork. Um, Simon grabbed a few power grenades, pushed the charge button on one and launched it through the air back down the hall. Dan sent an emergency teleportation request to the nearby starbase using his gauntlet. You had a gauntlet in this entire time? Oh yeah. Ah, oh, nice. Uh, five minutes, then we're gone. We might survive this yet. It's genuinely the worst accent I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's truly, truly abysmal. I grew up on neighbours. I'm not used to proper Australians. I'm used to the soap opera versions. Um, he let Simon know, then took position on the opposite side of the doorway and opened fire on the aliens which had just turned around the corner. Oh yeah, that's it. I was ex- <laughs> to, be con- to be continued. I have to admit, I wasn't expecting that to end quite so abruptly. Also, I just shot myself in the head and then teleported, apparently. Uh, I like this. I was really hoping for some sci-fi. I must admit. Yeah. I, if 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 anyone's going to write anything else in, I'll tell you what. I I also love um, a a fantasy. I knew you were going to say kind that. Of a, like so, I want to be, I want to be some kind of wizard or mage. <laughs> um, Simon, do you have any requests for what your class would be? Uh, what would my class be? Um, You'd be like a barbarian or a warrior. Why would I what, be a barbarian? Fuck off. Well, that, that was that was your role in Diablo. Oh yeah, I had I was Harambe the um I was yeah. I was a Crusader. You were Bathilda Bagshot the Witch, and I was Harambe the Crusader. That's right. Um, I mean, I do I love the idea of being a really dense priest class, and like I have a massive hammer, like a cleric. and everything looks like a nail to me. It's just like, yeah. 
uh, I don't know, if we're in a, if we're in a fantasy setting, I'm like the gods will decide our fate, and I say, like smash the bridge that we're on, and it's like, <laughs> see, it says a lot about your kind of like how much you play fantasy games because you'd be like, yeah, I want to be like a dense priest with a hammer, and then I'm just kind of sitting here quietly being like, so you'd be um, a heavy armor class wearing cleric with a mace yep. in your in your main hand. In my in my head, I'm a warrior priest from the Warhammer fantasy setting. It's just yeah. like and any possible scenario that involves like any kind of subtlety, I am not good at. It's like yeah. uh, I don't know. You are required to um, uh, infiltrate a society ball. And they're offering you a goblet of wine. Would you care for a Would you care for a wine, sir? By the emperor, I would. <laughs> like, Meanwhile, my, like, my kind of like my, my me as a mage class, I'm just sitting in the corner of this bar, just reading. Yeah, thinking like, oh for fuck's sake, he's at it again. <laughs> We've got to help deliver this baby. Amazing. Stand aside! My hammer will do the trick. No! No! <laughs> yes. So- By God's hammer, I will. <laughs> like, no, no, stop. For the emperor. Yeah. Someone, please write that. I'd love. If, especially if you can make it in the fantasy Warhammer fantasy universe, I would read. Th- I'd read that every week. I don't even care what Dan says. Yeah, I would yeah. edit that in every week. Oh, I'd be up for that. That'd be cool. It'd be like Vermintide, but just Dan and I. Okay. So after all that excitement, Dan, what have we learned today? Well, we kicked things off with um, Mohammed the Conqueror. Yeah! Uh, Mohammed al-Fatih the Conqueror. Um, Mohammed II. Proper, massive, proper lad. Massive, massive lad and scary man. Yes. Uh, killed Dracula. Um, was a bit of a pedo. <laughs> um, just, you know, he's, he's ticking all the boxes of someone who makes for an, <laughs> in, top, makes for an interest, interesting uh, article. Um, yeah, no, like we've uh, we spent... A long time discussing him. He did um, his his uh, his weird sexual escapades, his legacy. Um, yeah, very very interesting dude. And then we talked about um, ourselves for like half an hour. Yeah, we had a really meta conversation about celebrity and how the podcast works, yeah. and just kind of reminisced on why we think that we make a fairly acceptable duo as hosts. <laughs> yeah, a wholesome and adequate podcast. That's that's exactly what we're wholesome for. and adequate. Uh, and then after that, we uh, we didn't have much to talk about in Critics Corner, but we I, I was talking about the Google Home. You were talking about the Jesuado Six, we and the upcoming concert with X University oh, and Harmonix on the twenty seventh of March at the Mary Harris Chapel, probably starting around eight. Plug, plug, plug. Details to follow. And then we had a uh, the possibly the most exciting and least accurate rugby match in history between Wales and Australia. Uh, this has been a terrible a- episode for accents. Um, it's mostly due to me, so apologies, everyone. Uh, but we thought it'd be fine. <laughs> And then we skipped out on Agony Uncle because we had so much correspondence for you guys, Please. which was a joy. I would, I'd specifically encourage people to send in their crises, their, 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 their problems to be read out and anonymized, because I think that might be my favorite section of the podcast. Um, we actually get to delve mm. deep on a particular issue and we tr- actually try and be helpful. So do do yeah. send in your emails with Crisis Corner in the, uh, in the subject line, because I personally really look forward to doing those. However, that's all for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can like us on Facebook, and if you'd like to see our faces in very few videos, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Fantasy fanfiction, uh, crises for Crisis Corner, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole. And we'll see you next time. Right, I'm going to stop recording now. I really hope we don't have many listeners in Wales.